You are tuned in to Awaken Radio with Connie Chapman. To listen to more episodes, go to ConnieChapman.com or subscribe on iTunes. Hello everyone, this is Connie and welcome to today's episode of Awaken Radio. It is so wonderful to be here with you and I have a really awesome conversation in store for you today and I know so many of you will get so much value out of this because we're chatting about our bodies, our relationship with our body and how to create more freedom and harmony in that relationship and also in relationship to other things in our life like our business uh, and perhaps our relationships and anything that's kind of going on within us will end up flowing on into our world. So starting this conversation about what's going on within us and our relationship with our body is really transformative and I know a lot of you uh, experience a lot of struggle around this and you love the conversations I bring when it comes to our body so you're going to absolutely love this one today and I'm chatting to a beautiful woman who I call a friend and also a mentor and is someone that I have uh, seeked support for in relationship to my my body and my health and my well-being and she's been such a guiding light for me and I know that she will be for you as well. I'm chatting with Cassie Mendoza-Jones, who is a kinesiologist and naturopath, and she helps women upgrade their life and their health. In working with Cassie, women move into what she calls body harmony, a state of balance, ease, and vitality. She has been described as a lead, leading a revolution that has both been a long time coming and is desperately needed. Her lessons and insights have been featured in publications such as Body and Soul, Women's Fitness and Gourmet Traveler, and on popular websites such as news.com.au, vogue.com.au, Sportlux, and SMH. She has spoken at events and workshops around Australia for a variety of companies, including LinkedIn. And when she's not working with clients or creating new books, online courses and programs, she's getting lost in a good novel, hanging out in a cafe or suiting up for a yoga class. Now you can meet Cassie and stay in the loop about her upcoming online courses, books and events at elevatevitality.com.au and bodyharmony.com. Hello, Cassie. Thank you for being here with me today. Hello. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. My pleasure. I'm really looking forward to this conversation because I know what we're talking about is a huge area of passion of yours and it's something that you have a lot of experience and expertise in as well both professionally and personally Uh, so I know that this is going to be a really really awesome conversation yeah I'm excited Mm. so as a starting point you know I whenever I bring people on here it's always because I know they've gone through their own personal journey uh, in regarding the the topic that we're chatting about and and perhaps you could give us an insight on you know, because not all of us always start out with a perfect relationship with our body. This this stuff takes time and it's a bit of a journey. And, and I'd love to hear maybe if there was ever a time where you didn't experience freedom and harmony in your relationship with your body um, and how this has transformed for you. And obviously, you know, now it's taken you into doing the work that you're doing as well. So perhaps you can give us a little insight into, into that experience for you. Yeah, sure. So I used to, like most women, I think, or at least most of my clients, Uh, I used to have a really kind of up and down relationship with my body and it started, I remember it starting kind of when I was 16, 17 and I went to see my first dietitian to lose weight and it was a great experience in that I was kind of learning what to eat and and how to work out when I was hungry or not hungry but it also kind of started me on this roller coaster of eating really well um, up until I had to see this dietitian and then the day that I saw her, 
I felt like it was a free day because I wasn't being weighed for a week. <laughs> and I was like, yes, I can eat like a cookie for breakfast. And it was really unhealthy um, because, but it was this mindset of like being all or nothing, which started me on this, on this track of, of body disharmony. So that was probably 17, 18. It kind of lasted for quite a few years. And it was really, I felt really stuck in my body. I felt really confused. I, I never knew where to look for um, answers. I had lots of questions about my body, about how, you know, how to work out if I was hungry or not, what foods to be eating, what diet to do. I did every kind of diet out there. And I always knew that the diet wasn't going to be the answer. Like I would start a diet knowing on some level that it wasn't really going to be helping me. And sometimes they worked in the beginning, but they were never they never worked for long because it wasn't sustainable and because I was always seeking external validation. So I was seeking it from a book or a website or even a friend or anyone that I would meet. If we could talk about bodies, I, I wanted to talk about it. But it wasn't even just how I felt in my body. It was also an emotional disharmony. So I would constantly compare myself to other people. Um, I, I was born a perfectionist and it took me a long time to make peace with that. So I think sometimes when we're um, in kinesiology, we understand this to be almost like a rule that someone puts on you. So when I was about five or six, I was in kindergarten and we were coloring in turtles and I colored outside the line. And I remember <laughs> I was devastated. I was like, no, I need another turtle. And my teacher wouldn't give me one because she knew by then that I was a bit of a perfectionist and she wanted me to just, you know, make do with what with my turtle and just make it you know, maybe draw a flower where I'd, where I'd cut colored outside the lines. But um, from being five or six with people telling me that I was a perfectionist, I took that on as a rule. It's a, it's a very subconscious thing. Mm. But so anything I did in my life after that, and again, it would happen when I was also about six horse riding in South Africa. My instructor told me that I was a perfectionist and he actually told me it was going to ruin my life. I remember that. <laughs> I was six. <laughs> That's a great message to give a I child. Know, for a six-year-old. And that's the whole thing with kinesiology. We take on stresses or we, um, if, we react, if we react subconsciously to a stress, we can hold on to that for a really long time. So for me being five or six and being told that I was a perfectionist in a negative way and that this was going to ruin my life, it really, um, or it, like I could have let it ruin my life if I didn't undo that rule and let that rule go. So a lot of my work on myself was about making peace with being a perfectionist and making it making it almost work for me as long as I was gentle in the way I did that. So instead of constantly comparing myself to other people, um, because in my mind I had to be perfect, it was about releasing that comparison in whichever way I could. So, mm. yeah, it's been a long journey, but it's like my intention behind it was always just to be kind and gentle to myself. And I think that's the whole thing. A lot of my clients are perfectionists, and I think perfectionism and body harmony, it doesn't, they're not friends. Like they don't. It's it's not a match made in heaven. You have to make it work for you in a way that in a way that does work for you. I was just about to say that because I think that is one of the hardest things. Is it's it's okay, kind of, if you can say I'm a perfectionist in that you know I I work really hard and I create things to a really high standard, and you can kind of manage that. For yeah. me personally, being a perfectionist around my body, and and I'm sure you see this with a lot of women, has yeah. played out through like nitpicking and yes. a lot of criticism and a lot of like 
if something isn't exactly right, it's like I just say my whole body's broken. You know what yeah, I mean? Like exactly. And you see that mentality in people. I mean, where where do you begin to support people with that? Like definitely acceptance, and this is a practice of self love. But yeah. that's that's a massive thing for people. That pattern. It is. It is, and it's really like what I usually see in my clients. So we'll be talking about. I'll give like a diet as an example. Even though I the, the work that I do with clients, it's not it's actually not diet focused at all it's mm. emotions based but to to keep it simple as a, an ex, uh, like an example with the diet if i get a client who comes to me and they say oh i'm really all or nothing i just can't you know i have to eat perfectly during the week but on the weekend i just binge on alcohol mm. or chocolate or whatever my first thing and this is what i talk about in the body harmony courses is to start eating in the middle so the middle of all or nothing is is eating in a balanced way. So what I had to do for myself and what I'd get my clients to do, I used to feel like it wasn't okay to eat, as an example, sourdough bread during the week. I was mm. like, no, I can't have bread. That's illegal. Like, mm. I can't do that. Um, and I thought that I couldn't have chocolate during the week. So what would happen is that I, would, I wouldn't eat them during the week, come the weekend, because I hadn't let myself have them and the weekend was like the time to eat them, I would eat too much of it. Mm. Even if it wasn't necessarily a lot by like, you know, some, one person's standard, for my standard, it was just too, I didn't need to be eating that much. And so what I had to do was say to myself, it's actually safe and okay and I give myself permission to have a piece of sourdough bread on a Tuesday and nothing bad will happen to me because of that. And that's how I get my clients to start eating in the middle. So it's not necessarily about not becoming not being a perfectionist because as you say you can you can make it work for you in a if if you can be gentle in the way you do it but it's about um, giving yourself permission to do the things that you're not letting yourself do. Mm, you would remember that because I went and had a couple of sessions with Cassie to work on things around um, my just balancing out my eating and my energy levels and my hormones and all type of different stuff. And uh, she read through, you know, my eating plan. She's like, wow, you know, you eat really clean. Like I have this yeah. <laughs> really super clean diet, but I'm like, I'm exhausted all the time. Yeah. And um, so she said to me, you know, why don't you just sometimes have some sourdough bread for breakfast? And I remember the first day that I had it, it was like, this freeing feeling I'm yeah. like I'm allowed to eat bread like this yeah. is amazing and and I savored it and I I really enjoyed it and I was so present to the experience of eating it because it was a bit like a treat but yeah. it also felt nourishing to let myself have something that I had previously said was a bad food exactly and the thing mm. with um I don't know if it's like the media or just you know like healthy Instagram eating but mm. there's nothing wrong with sourdough bread it's just an example of a food that we've kind of demonized, but sourdough bread is 50% lower in gluten than other breads. It's really easy to digest. It's really delicious and there's nothing wrong with it. So it's a part of my food plan for my clients. It's, mm. I'm not getting them to have like white or wheat bread, but it's just, yeah, it's one way that we've kind of, we've, some people just like ban all kinds of bread and then mm. all they want to do is eat bread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you just find a food that you love that is, you know, in a really healthy form, you can include it in a healthy diet. It doesn't mean you have to have a slice every day, but yeah, exactly. If you eat it the way you did, it's beautiful. And I love that idea of, you know, for the, the perfectionists out there, the idea of, of coming into the middle rather than the all or nothing. Yeah. Um, and finding, like I would say, healthy compromises. Like you and I were just chatting before about having almond milk lattes, which is yes. kind of like a healthy compromise, right? Yeah, and which so, I'm sipping right now. <laughs> oh, enjoy, well, enjoy that. I'm yeah. a little bit jealous. But, um, you know, rather than having to go on a complete binge and go to the convenience store and get chocolate and chips because we feel so deprived, yeah. it's like I go to um, the Bondi Health and 
not the health emporium, Whole Foods, which is right yeah. near me. And I get yeah. the bounty licious bars and they're, yeah. they're like coconut and they're covered in chocolate and they're probably like a hundred percent fat, but they're so delicious yeah. and it's all good fats. And that's my treat. And yeah. so I don't ever deprive myself of the pleasure of food, but I, I find my little healthy compromises and that's, that's worked really well for me as well. Totally. And it's so funny that you mentioned that because I was just thinking, mm. I remember this experience that I, I went through probably when I was 21 or 22 and I was, I was in this phase of being really, really obsessed with my food. And I was, um, I was driving home one day and I think I just had an appointment actually with like a, um, she wasn't a Reiki healer, but she was kind of like an energetic healer. And we'd been talking about food and healing and everything. And I felt amazing when I left, but I drove past a convenience store and I hadn't let myself have chocolate or anything kind of that I deemed naughty for a really, you know, probably a couple of weeks. And I stopped. It was like an out-of-body experience. I had no control of what I was yeah. doing. I stopped at this convenience store and I went in and I bought coconut ruffs. Mm. Um, and I ate most of them on the way home, which is one thing that I now get my clients to do. I, I get them to not eat coconut ruffs on the way home. <laughs> but not, I get them to not eat in secret. So that was one thing. Oh, I was yeah. like, I was so ashamed of the fact that I um, – that I that I felt like I couldn't have this chocolate that I quickly tried to eat it in the car on the way home so that no one would know I was eating it. Yep. And I got home and I just felt even more shame kind of wash over me. And the thing with guilt and shame, when we when we do anything that so there's the difference between guilt and shame. Guilt is when we think, oh, I, I've done something wrong, and that can sometimes, depending on on your personality, it can actually motivate you to do it better next time. Mm. Um, but shame is when we think that we're a bad person. And when we think we're a bad person, we don't feel like we can do something better the next time because it digs into our self-worth. And everything, um, I feel like so much of what we do and, and so much of how we react, uh, re- react to people and relate to people is has to do with our self-worth. So if you do something that makes you feel like a bad person, you have to let go of that in some way. And one thing that I found with clients who, um, like I never actually was a binger. I didn't really binge. It was just the guilt that I placed on the food that I was eating. But for clients who do find that they binge, um, one little tip is to not eat in secret. Always eat in mm. front of someone or and you'll find, and a lot of clients find that as soon as they realize that they might be eating in secret, they get they can actually stop a lot of the binging or the overeating because you might be sitting on the couch with your partner or a friend and you go into the kitchen to get water but you 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 find it's a piece of chocolate and you quickly eat it if you were not if you made the commitment to not eat in secret you wouldn't eat that chocolate and if you didn't want to eat it in front of the person then you would know that it wasn't the right thing to be eating at that time that's that's a really powerful practice that's yeah. so true i can definitely relate to my younger years of of binge eating and just eating stuff that i knew wasn't right yeah it was always in secret it's so yeah. true and you um, know that yeah. scene sorry i just thought of this in the sex in the city where miranda eats the cake and then she throws it in the bin and then she picks it out of the bin and eats it again <laughs> and then she puts like washing like detergent on it so yeah, she yeah, can't yeah. eat it that's ex- she that. was eating in secret and she yeah. felt ashamed of doing it yeah. but if she made the commitment to not eat in secret she wouldn't have had to eat, I think it was a cookie or something, I can't remember, but she wouldn't have felt the need to eat that because she just, as soon as you decide not to do that, you lift the shame off your shoulders about eating. Yeah, and can we just touch on this concept of emotional eating because I'm sure you see it so much. It's something I've struggled with and you even touched on that story where it is like you're in a trance, like there's something that has taken you over and in that moment you're obviously being run by your unconscious programming, you don't even know what's going on. Yeah. Um, where do, where do you begin to support people with 
with the emotional eating when there's something that they're probably trying to stuff down with food. And, totally. And, yeah, where do you support people uh, with that? So I usually we head straight to kinesiology. Yeah, so yeah. kinesiology, for those of you who don't know what it is, um, it's based in traditional Chinese medicine, so the theory of the five elements and the theory of energy and chi and balancing your energy, and it's also got its a history in chiropractic. So we use muscles um, and muscle t- muscle testing to work out where there are imbalances in the body, and then we balance the body using a variety of tools. So mostly for me, I use energetic tools, so energetic essences, oils. We also rub, rub acupressure points, um, and there's a whole, yeah a whole range of tools that we use. So what we would do with this is we would always we always want to balance you for how you'd rather be feeling and in the mm. in the present moment. So instead of a client coming in and saying I don't want to I don't want to overeat. All you're really hearing is don't and then overeat. Yeah. So, and you, your mind doesn't put that together in the way we see it. So, it's a negative goal, and we're actually programmed to run away from negative goals. It's better to set a positive goal, and then we clear any stress around you achieving that. So, what we would do is we, yeah, we'd work out how you want to feel, and then there's always an emotion, an underlying emotion that's blocking you from feeling that way. And I find with emotional eating, and this is generalizing, but it's, I do find this is. This to be true, it's often around love um, and self-worth. So the love could be you accepting or not accepting yourself, you accepting or not accepting a situation or someone else or, yeah, just how the situation that you find yourself in or self-worth. So not feeling any sense of worthiness, not understanding or acknowledging your own value. And then the other emotion around like a lack of self-worth is this shame. So we find this underlying emotion and then we use these tools to clear the stress. But you can actually do this yourself. There's so many ways that you might be doing a kinesiology balance on yourself and not even realizing. Mm. Um, I had a client the other day who went through something a little bit tough and she would put on really sad music and, and movies and she would cry a lot to like help her release it. Mm. And, and she was like, I don't understand why I'm doing that. And I'm like, well, it's actually a sound balance. It's in kinesiology, we have a sound balance. And one of the um, the emotion for guilt, grief, sorry, the balance for guilt, grief, and regret in the sound balance is crying, as it would make sense, crying. But you you could even just be doing that yourself. So if you find yourself overeating and then crying, it's actually energetically releasing some of the pent-up stored emotions. You know, I've actually mentioned that to a few of my clients, that that's something that I do. When I can feel there's perhaps sadness brewing within me or something yeah. brewing that I can't quite access or bring out yet I actually I play there's certain songs that I'll play on my iPod and I dance through them and yeah. I find the the dancing lets the energy move and yeah. the songs help trigger the emotion and, and it's a clearing singing. it's amazing singing yeah. is actually really good singing yes. is an emotion for the earth sorry the balance for the earth element which is the stomach and the spleen energy it's all about like the sweetness of life digesting ideas um and so it's actually a really nice thing to do if you're like to tap into that yin energy as well the earth um, element has a lot to do with the yin energy and the feminine and nurturing. So you could sing every time you feel a little bit flat or like you're not enjoying the sweetness of life. And if you think about it, singing does make us feel happy if it's a happy song. Mm, and and the importance of what you were talking about before of um, letting yourself feel the emotion that's sitting yeah. there that's actually driving you in that yeah. moment to be eating in that way. And, yeah. and, and I'm sure you see it and I see it as well in people that 
because we don't want to feel the uncomfortable emotion, we feel empty, we feel disconnected, we feel a bit crappy about ourselves, um, that, that food is like a soothing thing versus finding other more supportive ways to soothe ourselves, which yeah. might be writing about what we're feeling, talking about it, dancing through it, going for a walk. Yeah, and like journaling that. actually was yeah. one thing that helped me so much. I've kept a journal since I was like 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. Um, and research has found that journaling actually helps us to build resilience and it helps us to look back and see how well we've, we've over, you know, uh, overcame situations or how well we've dealt with stuff. And, you know, sometimes we look through and we, you know, you might read an old entry and you're like, oh my God, that seemed like such a huge issue at the time. But actually I got over that really well. Mm. And can we talk about um, mindset? Because we've been talking a little bit about food in our bodies, but I'm really fascinated as well. I mean, we've been touching on it, but when you talk about body harmony, because clearly, as we're saying, this isn't body harmony isn't about perfection body harmony no. isn't about eating a certain way no. and it's it's a holistic way of the way we're obviously relating to our bodies and food and our emotions but also the way that we're thinking and and as as we sort of said before so many of us have such awful thought patterns about our body and I know when I'm not in a good space I can literally look in the mirror and I I will see something completely different to what I normally see so I will just see this one thing about myself that I don't like and it just seems so big and and so huge whereas when I'm in a good space I don't even notice it um where what when you sort of make the connection between body harmony and a certain type of mindset what do you see as that connection so there's a few things and it's kind of what you just touched on it. When you're in a good mood or in a good space, you look at your body and like something that might have bothered you is just okay. It's not really a big deal. So one thing that I talk about in the Body Harmony courses is um, cultivate, like continuing to cultivate harmony even on the days that you don't feel amazing. Yes, yeah. And the analogy I give is I my family South African and we used to go back to Johannesburg every year and in Joburg, most people live on like massive properties. Like it's this, it's a city, but the houses are just huge and the gardens are massive. And my granny and my grandpa had this huge garden with this beautiful rose garden down the back. And you would literally like walk through it. It was like the secret garden. It was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And we would go there every year and it, the, the flowers were always blooming and it was just beautiful. But we went one year when some of the roses or all of them, I can't remember, they weren't in, you know, they weren't blooming. It wasn't the right season. And I was little and I was very confused. I was like, did she cut them down? Like, what's happened? But she kept tending to them and making sure, you know, that she'd cut them back properly. And I remember saying to her, like, where have the roses gone? And when will they come back? And she was like, well, I just have to keep tending to them, but I know they'll come back next season. And that's the way I like to describe body harmony. You still have to tend to yourself, even on the days that you feel bare and brittle, like those rose bushes that weren't blooming. So... For me, that all that came down to yoga. I really feel like yoga, and I know a lot of people talk about how yoga has helped them so much. And I think for me, it was it was it helped me to stop reacting to my body in a, in a negative way. It didn't mean that I couldn't celebrate when I was having a great day, but it just stopped me reacting. And part of my body or my emotional disharmony was I was very, I was highly reactive. Mm. Like I'd walk around the playground when I was little, and I'd like pick fights, and you know, I, I was quite. I have a bit of attitude sometimes, which I now use to to better my life. But I used to be quite, you know, attitudey and really reactive and quite snappy. And that was one way that I knew if I was not in a good mood because I would be quite snappy to people. Mm. But yoga helped me to 
kind of calm that down. So I think like doing, having a routine that you just do every day. So maybe you not, I mean, I don't think you need to feel rigid in it, but maybe you go to yoga as much, you know, every second day, or maybe you journal every day, or maybe you um, have like a regular kinesiology sessions, or you do something that can help you calm your mind and stop reacting so much to your body. Um, I think that's really important. And the other thing that I found to be super important in myself and in my clients is setting healthy boundaries. Because I find for me, if my boundaries aren't clear and firm, I get really resentful and really tired. And when I'm tired, I don't want to look after myself as well. I don't have the patience for myself. So I, I almost like react to myself too much. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just think that if we don't have healthy boundaries, they affect us more than we even realize. You know, what you're saying I feel also comes down to this connection with our body because that's mm-hmm. the biggest thing I find uh, through yoga. So when, I'm, when I haven't been doing my yoga and my meditating and everything like that, it's like my body is my enemy and I see yeah. this, thing, this separate thing to me that yeah. I have no control over and, yeah. and it frustrates me. But, yeah. but when I come into my body through yoga and I draw my attention inwards or meditation or dance or I feel like I'm one with my body again like yeah. we're dancing together we're working together and yeah. and and I have so much more compassion for everything it does for me and, yeah. and I really feel that's what it is when we're in our mind we're like you're separate to me and I hate you yeah. versus <laughs> I'm in you and yes. and and you're my home and I love you yeah it's so true and I think also um, the, like the process of going to yoga every day is this, it's kind of like the rose bush story. Like mm-hmm. there'll be a day where you feel like you can't balance. There'll be a day where, um, and I find sometimes on the days I need yoga most, it's the most testing for me. Yeah. So I'll even be in a class sometimes where someone's wearing like a really loud um, anklet <laughs> or like bracelet and I'm like, oh my God, you're killing me. But it's, <laughs> it's just testing my patience and yeah. it's testing my resolve to be patient no matter what is thrown at me. Yes, that is so true. You'll often have the resistance to the very thing that will actually help you yeah. the most. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. Um, and do you ever, I mean, I'm just curious about your perspective on things like affirmations. Do you yes. encourage people to do things like that? You know, some people go, oh, that's just really surface and I say it to myself when I don't believe it. Yeah. But do you feel that still carries value? So I do and I don't. I do if you've done work to energetically clear any stress around them. So as an example, in kinesiology, we're basically creating affirmations for you. We call them goals, but they are essentially positive affirmations. But here's the difference. Just say you have an affirmation of, um, I, I feel really happy in my body. But if you feel stressed about that, so if, you, if there's any kind of stress around that and you repeat that to yourself day in, day out, day in, day out, all you're doing is creating more energetic stress on yourself. You're like piling up the stresses yeah. and you don't realize it because it's maybe, maybe, maybe you feel like the more you say it, the more resistance you feel, the more you need to say it. But if you came into a session with a kinesiologist and you had this goal of, I feel happy in my body, the kinesiologist will test straight away if there's a stress around it. If there's no stress, that's awesome. We don't have to actually balance you for that goal. If there is stress, we need to clear it. So what will happen is after the session, just say with me, you might get like 15 or 20 goals that we've cleared and you'll be able to take those home and use them as affirmations because there's no stress around them. And when you repeat an affirmation every day and there's no stress around it, um, you're so much more likely to work towards it. But like I said before, we are conditioned, most of us, to move away from Mm -hmm. negative goals. Even though that's worded positively, your body is like, oh, I don't know about that. I just don't feel that I can do that. 
And so if you keep telling your body that all the time, the safest space to be is away from that goal if it feels dangerous. So you're actually going to push yourself the other way. You'll push yourself to not feel happy about your body because in some way that feels safer than the stress around feeling happy in your body. And when you say the stress, because you were mentioning before, if there's a, a goal or an affirmation with no stress around it, is that, yeah. does that mean there's no conflicting kind of belief systems? Yes, exactly. It means yeah. there's no rules or limitations or negative um, thought patterns around it. Your body's like very aligned to that goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even, look, if people, I agree with you, sometimes it does actually create quite a lot of anxiety and frustration for people when they're, when they're getting into affirmations. And yeah. sometimes I just start really small and I actually don't look in the mirror because I find it triggers me more if I'm trying to yeah. like fall in love with my body when I just yeah. don't like how it looks today. I'm like, no, I don't I like my hair today. Yeah. Um, but I will actually almost either have my eyes closed or just be away from a mirror and just be keeping it really simple like just sort of tuning back it's like an intention yeah yeah just feeling in and being like my body like is my home and I'm so grateful for this and it's it's performing all these incredible functions for me today and you know just really simple stuff rather than going straight into oh my god I love my body it's so beautiful yeah Yeah. Um, I find even just a little bit of the more soothing kind of affirmations rather than really positive ones is sometimes a little bit easier to start with Absolutely. And I think it's all, it's almost like um, being grateful f- for yes. your body. And, and, and I don't think we need to clear any stress around being grateful. Mm. Like that's something that we could, we can just be grateful about something every day. And I think, so yeah, gratitude and then intention setting. Mm. I don't usually feel like there's stress around that. It's just when there are um, actual affirmations yes. that are super positive and, and if your body's like, oh, I just don't know about that, you're going to move away from that. Yes, so yes, yes. yeah, gratitude and, and um, intention setting. Like I'll set an intention for every yoga class. For every day that I sit down to work, there'll be an intention around that. I don't ever need to do a kinesiology balance around it. It's just that that's where I want my energy to flow. And I think it's really nice to take – an energetic approach here obviously that's what kinesiology is based on and Mm -hmm. if we're talking about um you know almost some of these sort of spiritual principles and practices because I like one of the things that's really helped me with my body is to have an awareness and a knowing that I'm so much more than my body and I find when I solely identify as Connie and this is my body and this is how I get love in the world and my body has to be perfect in order to succeed and all that stuff it's it's um it's just it's an awful feeling basically yeah when I come in to remember and everyone's got different levels of, of spiritual um sort of practice and and belief but for me personally when I say there's an energy within me, whatever you want to call it, what I call it my spirit, my soul, whatever, that that my my body is its home and it is the vehicle I'm using to move me through this lifetime and I am so much more than my body. And mm. when I bring in a softer spiritual perspective, it it really supports me and, and um even what you're talking about about harnessing energy and intention and things like yoga and um having you know being able to let go and trust in something higher that stuff can be really supportive so what do you sort of see as the connection between a spiritual practice and and a spiritual awareness and then how that helps us with our our body struggles well i think it's kind of exactly what you said just knowing that you're more than your body Mm. and i think one thing that i did in my journey was I actually stopped, I mean, it's it's easier said than done sometimes, but I stopped obsessing and I stopped making my body and my weight the only part of me that I put energy into yes. because I realized I, that's what I was doing. I was, every waking moment, I was thinking about my body, thinking about food, you know, preparing food, working out when I would eat 
um, at, you know, at a restaurant with a girlfriend, what I would order, how I'd feel afterwards when I go to gym, would I exercise once that day or twice? Like it was really intense and mm. all my energy was being put towards my body and not in a healthy way. So one thing, and I think even just a spiritual practice is working out where you find joy in your life in an, in another area of yeah, your life. So, so true. Yeah. So for me, like I love art and I come from a really arty family and so and it's all different kinds of art. Like my, my auntie makes these beautiful pottery bags and I've got a cousin who paints and draws really well. My mom's an interior designer. My sister's an interior architect. My dad's a jeweler. Like it's all different forms of art. So I, I started to go to art and I just painted. It was oil painting. But for me, it was like three hours of my week where I didn't think about my body, like not for a moment. Mm. And so just being able to work out where, where your joy lies and, again, this joy comes back to um, th- this earth element of, of, well, joy is like our heart meridian as well, but also earth, so feminine nurturing, nourishing. So when you stop nourishing and nurturing yourself, you lose some of that joy. You lose some of that sweetness in life, So which, again, comes back to boundaries. You can see how it's like it just all yeah. flows into one another. So I think finding spiritual practices that work for you and um, it'll like resistance will come up. So it might be that, you go to yoga and you're like, I really don't like that class. And it, maybe that teacher isn't great for you or maybe that teacher's amazing and you need to keep going back. Like that's for you to work out. But I think working out like which principles will support you for your body struggles is really important. And try and working out what you need to do so that you can show up in the world in a way, like if you're exhausted, you can't show up properly in the world. If you're exhausted, you can't, it's hard to connect with yourself. And that's one way for me now. If I feel really disconnected to myself, I know I'm probably tired. Mm. I love that you brought, have brought in the idea of almost to some extent self-care, but but it being maybe something completely unrelated to what people would normally associate with yeah. self-care, for example, art and being creative. Because yes. if we're not careful, you know, trying to have our self-care practices to make ourselves feel better can also then you know, go into perfectionism and control and can actually make us feel worse. I love the idea of having something that is completely separate that still nourishes you deeply. For me, it's creativity as well. Sometimes I'll just get out on my balcony with canvases and paint. And I bought pots from Bunnings the other day and was painting the pots and planting, you know, putting my hands in dirt and planting plants. It was really nice. And that, you know, that is self-care for me. That is self-love. It is nourishing, but it has nothing to do in that moment. You're right. I'm not focusing on my body and yeah. even if someone if people can find one thing that that's that practice for them yeah I think that's really beautiful yeah um and it's actually funny that we speak about perfectionism and and burnout because they're actually related so um burnout or any kind of adrenal fatigue which is then from a like physiological point of view it's going to likely make you want to eat more and eat more sugary foods because mm-hmm. you're so tired and you're looking for energy and food um but any kind of adrenal fatigue or burnout is from kind of um, like lots of little stresses added on to each other with no relief and no release. And perfectionism is a lot of stress just piled on top of each other every moment, every day, every week, every month. And that can actually lead you to burnout because you're never giving your body a break. And the adrenal glands are little tiny glands that sit atop our kidneys, um, like in our back body, and they will take on any stress. So whether it's physical, emotional, mental, environmental, anything – and perfectionism is an emotional and a spiritual stress. So if you're if you lived on a like in, you know in a rainforest and you had no other stress except you were a, a, you know a hectic perfectionist, you could still burn out. Mm. Yeah. Do you know? Um, 
I just had a really interesting realization around this recently and that, you know, you know, you know what it's like, Cassie, like you're running a business, you're really excited about what you're doing. And maybe there's a lot of people who are in this situation. They're really pumped up and excited about their work, or maybe they're just slaves to their job. But, but I've been feeling ever since the start of the year, so excited about my work and, and that I've been working too much without even realizing it just because I've been really riding the wave. Right. And, um, it only, it only sort of hit me the other day that this was happening. And, and this week I've really, started to pull back and the thing I've noticed is and this is what I find when I'm in that either perfectionist or that really do 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 mode is it's it's almost again like I'm unconscious and I'm just reacting and I'm just yeah. moving through things and there's a to-do list and I'm just dealing with what's in front of me and da 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 and I, I sat, I've been sitting down in the mornings and giving myself really long periods of time in the morning before I start work and just yeah. sitting and I'll hear all the dialogue going on. There's so much for you to do. Your yeah. to-do list is sitting there. You've got to get up and do it. Someone's yeah. waiting for you. Blah, blah, blah. And I'll hear it and I'll notice the Sounds anxiety. Like my yeah. <laughs> and I'll notice the, then the reaction, the, the impact it has on my body. And my practice is to actually just sit still. Yeah. And it's really hard. Like I want to get up and do something. Oh, yeah. that the dishes need to be done. Or then and I'm like, no, just sit still. Yeah. And um I've even found that really powerful is is in the moments where you're noticing you're frenetic and you're going crazy and you're do-do-do and, and doing things at this certain level is can you actually stop and sit down and witness the inner chaos yeah. rather than just acting off the inner chaos? And that for me is it's difficult, but um, I'm already after a couple of days feeling so much better for doing yeah, it. Yeah, totally. And I think you have to like – I burnt out a couple of years ago. I was just doing way too much. And I actually think I probably needed to burn out Mm -hmm. so that I could realize how to not burn out. Um, But you do have to, A, you have to give yourself permission to to slow down because if you don't give yourself permission, you're not going to find it from anyone else Mm -hmm. Um, unless someone actually says, like sometimes my husband's like, okay, you're actually like stop. But most of the time we have to give we have to give that permission to ourselves. And then you're right, I think just slowing down. And I find that when I am, like if I do start to get into that um like frenetic mindset and I feel like there's more and more and more to do, mm. it, I actually need to do less and less and less yes. because that more and more and more is just it's like the part of me that isn't actually it's not conscious, it's not productive, it's not yeah. helpful. It's just like this little I don't even know what it is. It's like, you know, like a mouse that runs on those um, yeah. little wheels. He's not actually getting anywhere. Yeah. So if my brain starts to do that, I will, it can, like you said, it can be really hard, but I will make an effort to either, maybe I'll, maybe I'll give myself another half an hour of work or 10 minutes of work even, but you're never actually productive in that mindset. Yeah. No. You need to, you need to back away from the computer. You need to back away and go and exercise or meditate or sometimes I'll even just lie on my bed with a novel and I'll read for 10 minutes and that'll be enough to just calm my brain down and help me work out what the next step is. It's so true. Yesterday I was in like this crazy space and I think it's even so much of what I feel body harmony is in my perspective is body connection and body yes. awareness. So even yeah. noticing, I didn't realize, but I wasn't even breathing properly and there yes. was a knot in my tummy and I was like, oh, whoa, what's going on here? And I pulled myself away and I just, um, I sort of went into a meditation, but I was just kind of lying down on my back and just relaxing. And um, that's all it took just to bring me back and be yeah. like, whoa, I was in a crazy space. I caught it. I saw it let me come back and just chill out and I'm so much more productive for the rest of the day it's I think even just that realization that 
the space that you're in in that moment isn't actually really going to take you to where you want to go. No. and But in that moment, we feel like if we stopped, then we'd really not get, get anywhere. Yeah, I know. Like it feels like the whole world's going to come crashing it's down. It's really counterintuitive. Isn't yeah, it? <laughs> It's crazy. And so seeing we're talking about kind of work and business and stuff, I know you've you've touched a bit on this in what you're creating for Body Harmony Society around harmony in our business and in yes. our lives. What's uh, What do you share with people around that? So in the Body Harmony courses, there are, so there are six courses and one of the courses is about how to create your solo wellness business. Mm. So it, it's from a few, um, I mean, it's a, my, like the last four or five years of my business, it's a lot of experience that I brought in, but it's about how to set up your business from a space of freedom and harmony. Because when I started, mm. I didn't realize I was starting a business. I thought I was just a nutritionist and a naturopath. And because there was so much to do, so many des- uh, decisions to make, and I felt like I had to do everything myself, um, I really for a long time worked from a place that was the opposite of freedom and harmony. Like I felt very, even though I loved what I was doing uh, and I put so much energy into it, it was kind of what we said before. It was like this very frenetic energy. It was very fast paced. I felt like if I slowed down that everything would crash and burn around me. Um, And even though I was working for myself, I didn't feel, I, I felt like I had no freedom in my working hours. I had no boundaries with clients. You know, if a client wanted an 8 p.m. appointment, I was like, sure. You know, mm-hmm. do you want 60 minutes or 90 minutes? Like I didn't really, I didn't really look after myself. It was me just giving my energy to everyone else. Yeah. And if you just continue to do that, so there, you know, if, you, if you're if you working in an, a space like uh, energetic space or if you're working in a space where you write a lot and you're always giving out um, content and energy, which is content is another form of energy, you need to give yourself that energy back. So either if it's energetic work that you're doing, you need to give yourself the energy back. Or if it's content work, you need to like sit down and read and like listen to podcasts and like Mm. fill your cup up that way. And I wasn't filling my cup up. I was just like leaking everywhere. Mm. So um, to bring harmony into your business and even into your relationships, I think it's about coming. It's still about the body connection and the awareness, but it's also about your emotional connection and your emotional awareness. So if you find that you're burning out, just stop like literally don't take another step forward until you've done something to help support yourself maybe you need to hire or like outsource something maybe you need to take the morning off I talk a lot about brain holidays which is actually what I'm doing today today's a brain holiday day (laughs) it's amazing um and I used to feel really guilty for it which comes back again to this guilt and shame for them like you've done something wrong when you haven't um and so I talk a lot about how to release guilt or just, yeah, just giving yourself permission to release guilt. Sometimes that's enough to just be able to move forwards. Mm. You know, this is me just being completely honest. I had my first proper weekend for the year on the weekend just past where I actually, I've been turning off my computer and I'm like, this is just a weekend for you. Yeah. And um, I had heaps of like time with my friends and I was out by the beach. I came home on Sunday night and I felt so full and yeah. so ready for the week and just, I, uh, I felt normal again, like I felt yeah. balanced again. I was like, oh, this is what it feels like. Um, it, it truly is so important. And for even if people are in careers, you know, where we're giving a lot and, and giving a lot to other people, um, sometimes we are wired a bit that way, like, oh, I'm being of service and I'm helping. And, yeah. and, and the other thing I have recognized for myself is, and people will notice this if they're workaholics, there's 
there's something else tied up in it. Like you're getting your self-worth from it or you're getting a yes. sense of identity from it yes. or you're getting love, or you're getting connection. And so there's almost an addiction because you're getting certain needs met through work. And exactly. I've had to stop and be like, there are a lot of other ways for me to feel this rather than sitting at my computer. <laughs> yeah, totally. I've got a post on my Elevate blog, um, Are You Addicted to Being Busy? Mm. And it was like one of the most popular posts because it is it is an addiction. Yes. And I read Ariana Huffington's book called Thrive, which mm. was amazing. Um, and I, there's a beautiful quote from her book that I put in this post. And um, one thing that I get clients to do if they're really, really addicted to it, and I, I totally was, and I did, like you said, I, I placed a lot of like my my identity was tied up into how busy yeah. I was, into how much I, like into my achievements. Yes. Um, one thing that I got my clients to do, and I did this myself, was um, Danielle Laporte wrote a stop doing list. Mm. And so I get my clients to write a stop doing list. And one of the things I think on my list, if I remember, was stop thinking that success, sorry, that busyness equals success. Mm. Um, and stop thinking, I think especially in the online world, we feel like if we don't get validation from online peeps that we're not worthy. Yeah. And I, a lot of the time that would happen to me. So I'd write a blog post and I'd get like two likes and I'm like, oh my God, they hate me. <laughs> that was crap. Yeah, everyone hates me. What am I doing? But then I would get like three emails from people who didn't want to like or comment mm. because maybe it was too personal and they were like, you made my day with that post. Mm. So I had to switch my thinking to from, well, likes equals people like me to mm. whether or not I'm getting anything back that I can see. I've put an energy into this post and if I feel like that's enough to help people, then that has to be enough. You know, like people are still going to find that helpful if it speaks to them. And, and that's, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say that even ties into um, a lot of people these days with social media accounts and sometimes they just want to share an inspiring quote or share a picture of their meal. They may not be running a business or they, they just want to share something and they're like, oh, what a waste. No one even liked it. No one even commented yeah. on it. And, and that's even a beautiful recognition that since when did me sharing something need validation for me to feel good about it? Can't totally. I just feel good about it because I've shared something that felt good and, and that's a, it's a massive trap we fall into. Yeah, and it's kind of like um, when you give a gift to someone, you don't necessarily ex need to expect a thank you. Like it's nice to get a thank you, um, but it's kind of like I know for our for our wedding when I wrote thank you cards to people, some people were like, thank you for the thank you, and I'm like, thank you for the thank you for the thank you. Like you don't need to keep giving it back and forth. Yes. You putting it out there is enough. Yes, and if it's if it's true giving, you'll feel fulfilled in the giving and sharing of it. You know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. Like you won't be sitting there waiting for something in return. Yeah, totally. Oh, this has been such a beautiful conversation. I know, I love it. I absolutely love it. Do you feel there's anything under this Body Harmony conversation that we haven't touched on that you wanted to share? Um, no, I think, I, I mean, if I was to say one thing, I would say that I think like if, we, if there was one emotion that could kind of like tie everything together, it would be self-worth. Mm. So anything that you can do that can increase your self-worth, and this will be different for everyone, um, I think do it. <laughs> That's going to help you feel, if you feel worthy, then everything else will be much more possible for you. And that's a really big thing to begin with. But as you said, you know, seeing a kinesiologist or seeing a coach or seeing someone who can support you with that. Yeah. Um, and even beginning practices like journaling and writing about how you feel about yourself. You know, they're, they're your beginning points to be yeah, become totally. aware of actually where your self-worth is even at because you may not yeah. even know. <laughs> exactly. And I think a lot of people don't realize it. They just feel like they might be in a bad mood but it, it, it or they might feel irritated or anything, you know, they 
they just think it's them but it's actually mm. this sh- maybe it's shame but it, or self-worth like not having enough self-worth to help drive everything that you do in a beautiful way yeah that's so true cassie thank you so much for your time it's been so wonderful chatting thank with you thank you this has been awesome. Uh, where So I've, I've mentioned it before, but you tell us again, where can people find out more about you and also what can they expect from you? What's coming up? So very exciting things coming up. So mm-hmm. you can either find me um, at elevatevitality.com.au or at thebodyharmonysociety.com. So in April of 2015, I'll be launching six online courses and guides to help you find freedom and harmony uh, in all areas of your life and business. So that'll be launching in April. Um, but until then, there's a free Body Harmony guidebook and lots of beautiful posts on the bodyharmonysociety.com website, as well as I post, um, I was going to say weekly, but I don't post weekly. I post whenever I want to post <laughs> on elevatevitality.com.au. And then I love my Instagram, so you can come find me. Um, but otherwise, yeah, April 2015 is when we launch. Beautiful. That sounds so exciting. And yeah, people will definitely have to go and check that out. Yes. Thank you so much for your time, Cassie. Thank you. Have a beautiful day and thank you to everyone who's been tuned in to today's episode and I look forward to speaking to you again next time. Bye.